الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اذ قال له ربه اسلم قال اسلمت لرب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وجد سعه لان يضحي فلم يضحي فلا يحضر مصلانا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters by the grace of allah tbarak wa taala we are witnessing these mubarak days which we have briefly discussed about in the previous program and you would already be inshallah engaging in trying to reap the maximum benefit of these very virtuous and noble moments in time just to revise the lessons that you would have learned many many times previously and would already be practicing on that the amal and the actions performed in these 10 days of zulhijjah the first 10 days this is something which lata rewards tremendously no action performed in other times can be equal in reward to the actions performed in these 10 days and the sahaba ikram inquired not even jihad nabi islam said not even jihad except that person who goes out with all his possessions and he went out personally in the path of allah taala and then laid out his laid down his life didn't come back with anything nothing came back he spent everything that person's action can be perhaps equal otherwise not and then in one hadith nabi islam says the fasting of each day in these 9 days is equivalent to the fast of one year and the ibadat of each night is equivalent to the ibadat of laylatul qadr so what tremendous virtues what great rewards allah tbaraka wa taala is showering down upon us it would be very very foolish on our side that these opportunities come and we don't grab it with both hands and we don't try to exert ourselves to some extent in doing a little bit more to acquire the great virtues the fadail of this period of time and this is the appreciation this is the qadar for these occasions that allah taala gives us that we apply ourselves we dedicate ourselves we try to take the maximum this is now appreciating it otherwise it must not be that it is a degree of uh not being appreciate appreciative not being concerned like for example you invite somebody and you put the best food in front of the person the person is healthy is well there's nothing wrong with him but he doesn't eat just looks at it and leaves it what goes through your mind i have presented this excellent delicious food and so well prepared and the best the person didn't even eat anything from there or just barely just nibbled something so that will be regarded as being ungrateful for this 
dish that has been presented, this food that has been presented, the person is being ungrateful. It's healthy, it's fit, there's no problem, there's no obstacle in him consuming that food and he just ignores it or he just nibbles something. It was prepared specially for him. So Allah Taala prepared or provided the virtues in these days specially for us so that we may take the maximum. Now we look the other side, we still are engaged in things that are against the pleasure of Allah Taala. We don't try at all to do anything more then this is a kind of ingratitude and not being appreciative of this great na'mat and favor of Allah wa ta'ala. So let us be concerned, let us try to take some extra uh, effort, put in some extra effort to try and do something more. Little bit at least at night before going to bed, person sat down, if possible we read two rakats namaz, at least two rakats minimum or four rakats some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, some dua, at least some zikr, some dua to Allah wa ta'ala. And in this way, we will be counted amongst those who have made some ibadat. And if we get the tawfiq and the opportunity, and we should try, we try and wake up for tahajjud, and make dua at that time, recite some Qur'an Sharif. So this too will be counted as the those who have made ibadat during this night, though it might be very, very little compared to others, but it will be counted as having done something. And then in the day also, if a person has the himmat and the courage to fast, excellent, and there's great reward for it as we discussed, but it's not farz, it's not wajib, somebody does not have the himmat and courage, we cannot regard that as something compulsory, so therefore there is no, uh, nothing that, one should be reprimanded about or rebuked about or looked down upon if the person is not fasting. It is nafil, though a very great reward, but the person cannot fast or is not, does not have the courage to fast at this point in time. There is no compulsion. But if a person is not fasting, at least still we keep our tongues busy in the recitation of the third, third kalima. Because Nabi Wasallam has encouraged that excessively recite in these days, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. So all this is included in the third kalima. So as much as we can, we keep reciting the third kalima. While we are busy with our work, which does not require us to be saying something, we may be at home helping out in the household chores, somebody is cooking, somebody is cleaning, somebody is doing something. But at that time, together with that, our tongues can be engaged in the remembrance of Allah Taala. We could be reciting the tasbih, tahleel, takbir, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. And we are now appreciating this great gift that Allah Ta'ala has given us. And we are gaining this great reward that subhanallah that we are reciting, the a'mal of other times can't equate the reward of this subhanallah that you recited now. So this is something that we should be conscious of and try to take the maximum of it. So this is the one aspect that we appreciate this gift of time that Allah has given us, and these virtues that are being poured down and showered down in this time, and we don't show an indifferent attitude, which will be, unfortunately, a great loss to us, and it will also be a kind of ingratitude to Allah. Then, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give us the opportunity to witness the day of Eid. 
This too is a great occasion, a very Mubarak occasion. The night of Eid in the Hadith, Nabi Islam is reported to have said that Man Ahya Laylata Yil Eidain Lam Yamut Kalbuhu Yaumatamutul Kulub. One is the day of Eid, before the day comes the night. So from Maghrib, the night before Eid, in our situation on Thursday night, from Maghrib time, it will already be the day of Eid. So Eid commences from that time, though the ibadat of Eid will be the next day, but the night is also very important. And again, here Nabi Islam says, the one who will keep the nights of Eid alive. Keeping the nights of Eid alive means what? That a person keeps awake, and keeps awake not just in some idle things, talking about futile things, and wasting the time in idle pursuits, but the person is engaging himself or herself in the ibadat of Allah Taala. That is what is meant by keeping the night of Eid alive. And ibadat is general, whether somebody is performing nafil salah, somebody is making tilawat, somebody is engaged in zikr, somebody is engaged in dua, somebody is engaged in even learning deen. So all this is ibadat. Whatever ibadat, but especially in these nights, some tilawat if you can, some nafil namaz, dua, a bit of everything. And again, if we cannot be spending the entire night in ibadat, person who cannot eat everything, then he still eats what he can. We should try to take the maximum benefit by trying to do as much as we can. Somebody can make ibadat for one hour, very good. Somebody two hours, even better. Somebody only half an hour, then two. We try for that half an hour at least. But we don't ignore the time. We don't just disregard it. This is an opportunity. Unfortunately, the night of Eid, that happiness and the joy of Eid is already there. So that night is sometimes totally spent in just all kinds of idle things until a person is too tired to now remain awake and the person is gone to sleep. And then it's already Fajr time. So that night has been spent without any extra ibadat, which is not in keeping with the spirit of Eid that Allah Ta'ala wants us to be focused towards. So therefore some ibadat at the night of Eid, some ibadat after Isha, before going to bed, we try and engage in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala and also be among those who, Nabi Salaam says, the ones who will keep the nights of Eid alive. Lam yamut qalbuhu yawmatamutul qulub their hearts will not die on the day when hearts will die. In other words, the day of Qiyamat, when people's hearts will die out of fear and awe of that day. In other words, they will be bewildered. They will not have their state of mind. But those who kept the nights of Eid alive, they will be composed and their hearts will be alive. They will receive the special mercy of Allah Ta'ala on that day. So the severity of that day is described in the Qur'an Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Wasallam. Here sitting now and talking and listening about that day is impossible for us to appreciate what a severe day that is. And how great a virtue it will be for those who Allah Ta'ala blesses them with this, that their hearts will be alive. That reality will only dawn upon us on that day. But Nabi Islam is mentioning it as a special virtue, something very significant, we should understand that this is a very great thing. Allah's Nabi Islam is saying it to us. So it's not a minor thing. It's a very, very great virtue, very great benefit. 
So let us try and apply ourselves to earn the maximum on the night of Eid as well, in the form of trying to perform as much ibadat as we can. Then comes the day of Eid. The day of Eid is Eid al-Adha. So, many would be engaged in the slaughtering of animals in their backyards, wherever that is within the limits of Shariat. This is also a very important thing. That one is that a person is encouraged. Even women, we are encouraged that we, if we can, and a person is slaughtering, you can do it correctly, then you slaughter the animal yourself. And if not, then at least be present at the time when the animal is being slaughtered. But to do one good, we don't do two harms, or do a great wrong to do one good. What is very important is, that the laws of Parda are not violated. Unfortunately, when the time of Bakrid comes, Eid al-Adha comes, then suddenly the aspect of Parda is like unheard of, non-existent, the intermingling starts taking place, and people are very, very casual and lax, which should not be the case at all. This is a command of Allah, Taala, and that too is an ibadat. But if being present or slaughtering oneself, which is better, which is mustahab, if that is not possible without violating the laws of parda, then one should refrain from that, let somebody else do it on one's behalf. And not violate the command of Allah. So this is something also that we got to keep in mind. The day of Eid and the slaughtering of animals, as we have discussed previously, we should be reflecting on what is the lesson in all this. We have discussed the lessons as well, the lesson of submission. Allah is putting us through this ibadat practically. That we don't just remember, sit and talk about, gather and discuss the sacrifice of Ibrahim but that we should also become practically part of it by sacrificing an animal. Because he sacrificed an animal after Allah saved Ismail that the life of Ismail was not meant to be taken in this way. But Ibrahim was being tested and he passed the test. Then Allah Ta'ala saved Ismail life and in lieu of that sent down a sheep from Jannat. So Ibrahim then sacrificed this animal that came down from Jannat. And this is the remembrance that he passed in his test. And we are now being put through this physically and practically that we reflect upon this. That how much of the test have we passed? And the test is in every regard. The test in regard to our physical ibadat, our salah, our zakat, our fasting, our hajj, and then refraining from the outward sins. Person does not backbite, person does not lie, person does not look at haram, does not engage in haram chatting, does not engage on any haram on the phone, on the internet, person does not commit any of the other outer sins, lying, stealing, and whatever else. So this too is all part of the test. And then there's a test that is carrying on all the time inside us as well. The test in our hearts. Our hearts are also being tested. And the Sahaba Ikram were very, very conscious about this test all the time. What an extent they were conscious 
the very well-known and famous incident of Hazrat Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala an, that he is in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then he comes home, and he finds that that effect that was in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that effect is not being felt by the heart while he is at home. Now, this was an effect in the heart. This was not something that was outside, was apparent, was physical. It was pertaining to the heart, the feeling of the heart. So what does he do? He comes out and he meets Abu Bakr and he's on his way to Nabi Wasallam and he says, Nafaqa Hanzala. Hanzala has become a munafiq. Nafaqa Hanzala. He says walking out and he sees Abu Bakr and he says, Nafaqa Hanzala. So Abu Bakr says, how can this be the case? Hanzala has become a munafiq. So he says that when we are in the company of Nabi Wasallam, it is as if Jannat and Jahannam are in front of us. We can, as if we can see it with our eyes. But when we come home, then we are busy now with our families, our children and other things at home. Then that effect is no more on our heart. Why is this the case? Why has this effect changed? He felt that this was now a kind of nifaq. Abu Bakr says, if that is the case, then that is my situation as well. And we should now present our case to Nabi Wasallam. If this is our problem, then we should present it to Nabi Wasallam. What we learn from here is that the Sahaba Kiram did not shy away from presenting their situations to Nabi Wasallam. They didn't hide their weaknesses just out of trying to maintain a certain image. But they went ahead and they discussed what their problem was. And Nabi Wasallam then gave them what the reality is. What a great favor they did to the entire Ummah. That immediately they proceeded to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they presented their case that this is our position. When, in, when we are in your company, it is as if we can see Jannat and Jahannam with our own eyes. That is the effect that comes on our hearts. But when we go home, then this is not the case. So we are afraid that this is a nifaq. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam consoled them that no, this is obvious that being in the company of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you are directly in the, the reflection of the tajalliyat that come on the heart of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because you are in his presence that falls onto you as well. So now you will feel that effect. But when you are at home, you are not in his presence, so that reflection is not on you. So you will not feel that effect. So therefore this is not any nifaq. This is just the effect of the company, which is a very, very important thing. So the point is that they, by going and discussing this, by finding out, they did a great favor to themselves. Otherwise, they would have been in this mental turmoil. But what a favor they did to the entire ummah. That the ummah has learned also that what is not nifaq and what is not a an ailment, though that effect was a great boon and bounty, but that effect not being felt all the time was not an ailment, that was just something natural that will happen like that. Therefore, Nabi Salaam said to them, that had it been possible that you could maintain this effect 24 hours, then you would have gone to such a level that the malaika would have been meeting you and greeting you on your pathways. While you are walking, they would come greet you in the streets. But this happens one, one thing at a time. You cannot expect to get to that level overnight. All this happens slowly, shay'an for shay'an. 
sa'atan fa sa'atan. All this happens one one thing at a time. Don't expect all these things to happen one time. So Nabi Islam consoled them. So this became a great favor to the entire ummah as well. That they should not be uh, confusing things. But the lesson that we learn is that they were concerned about the condition of the heart. That this heart is under test. Now this is the lesson. That Ibrahim Islam passed the test in every level. Here his con- test also was an internal test. The test was the test of love. Because that was the love of his son that could have become the barrier. And this is what was being tested. Would it become the barrier or not? Would it become the obstacle in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala? So he proved himself that the love of anything and everything could be put aside. But the love of Allah Ta'ala was dominant. And the love of Allah Ta'ala could not be sacrificed for anything. So therefore he could put the knife on the throat of his son. But he was not prepared to put the knife on the command of Allah Ta'ala. Now that was an internal test. It was a physical test as well. But it was an internal test more than anything else. That which love is greater. And he proved himself that the love of Allah Ta'ala is greatest. Otherwise, many a times we hear of great tragedies happening in various parts of the world. So many people passed away here. So many people, there was an earthquake. Thousands of people passed, lost their lives in a Muslim country. Muslims, we feel perturbed about it for a minute or two. And then life carries on like nothing happened. But somebody who is very close to us, very near and dear to us, that child of ours has a fever only. And already the parent is restless. If the child cannot fall asleep because of that fever, the parent can't fall asleep. If the child is tossing and turning, then the parent is tossing and turning. If the child is in pain, then more than the physical pain of the child, the heart of the parent is paining. Now what is this? It's simply the love. That those people who were in some other part of the world, that same level of attachment is not there with them. And here there is such a tremendous level of attachment that merely the fever has made the parent restless. The whole night is going without sleep. So this is the test of love. That what do we love more? And who do we love more? Do we love Allah Ta'ala more? Or do we love the creation more? And Allah forbid, do we love the haram things more? Are we prepared to put the knife on our haram desires? Are we prepared to sacrifice what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us to, com- to do? Are we ready to cut that off from our life? So this is the aspect. That our heart must be, our heart is under test. So this is one test, the test of love. Then our heart is under test. Somebody was, is blessed with something by Allah Ta'ala. What kind of feeling is in our heart? We see somebody progressing. We see somebody with some bounty, some gift. Somebody has been blessed in some way which apparently it seems we don't have. What is in our heart? This is a test now, the test of the heart. Is there good feelings for that person? Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat, Allah Ta'ala increased that ni'mat on that person. Or is there any dirt that's coming in the heart? Some malice coming in the heart? Is there some jealousy? Is there some ill feeling? Is there some desire within that I hope something goes wrong with this person, but for this person? Something mustn't work out. Is that the feeling in the heart? Now this is a test. This is a test of the heart. And often we fail in this test. And this is a very severe test. 
And this is a very important test because this is what will be really looked at. Inna Allah la yanzuru ila ajsamikum wala ila suwarikum wala ki yanzuru ila qulubikum wa a'malikum. Allah Ta'ala does not look at your outer self. That what is somebody's complexion and what is somebody's height and how physically strong somebody is. These are not the things Allah Ta'ala will look at. But what Allah Ta'ala looks at is what is in the heart. And thereafter what actions were done with this correct kafiyat and feeling of the heart, with the correct intention. So this is what is going to be looked at, the heart. Now, when somebody else was given something by Allah Ta'ala, what went through our heart? Are we passing the test at that time? Are we failing the test? That's a test. Somebody is progressing in deen, let alone the dunya. Sometimes shaitan even waylays us when somebody is progressing in deen. We can't uh, be happy for the person progressing in deen. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us. What a terrible thing it is that somebody progresses in deen and we feel negative about it. Na'uzu billahi min zalik. What a thing it would be that on the day of Qiyamah we are asked that one is we didn't do something and the other is somebody else did something to progress in deen, we felt negative about it. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us. Somebody is serving deen, somebody is acting more on deen. Somebody is always very, very conscious and they are doing things to be well within the limits of Shariat. If they see some conversation happening which is now out of bounds or getting towards, going towards ghibat, etc., they immediately wake up and move away. Now, we didn't have the courage for that. So now, instead of taking a lesson from the person that walked away nicely and respectfully moved away from there, instead of taking a lesson from that person, we start taunting the person. Oh, you've become a very big buzrug now. You are walking on the clouds. Who can even, even dream about matching you? you way above. Now, instead of taking a lesson and saying, MashaAllah, what this person did was right. What this person did was the correct thing. And taking a lesson now following in the footsteps of that person, because of our lack of courage, because of being steeped in the wrong things ourselves, we start taunting that person. What a terrible thing this is. We should be encouraging others to move forward in deen. We should be encouraging others to do that which will help them to overcome their problems, their obstacles. Rather we become an obstacle ourselves. By passing remarks, by making comments, this is a terrible thing. Then, sometimes a test will be from within, that how can we try and put an obstacle in somebody's way? How? If there isn't any real thing, that person, one is to pick the person's faults, that person has the fault. These are all common issues, which keep coming up in all sectors. It's not something even restricted to women. This keeps coming up from all sectors, all, over, all the time, in, unfortunately. Now, Somebody has a fault, a weakness. That weakness is there in the person's life. Now we found that this person suddenly is progressing in something else. So now we go and dig out that weakness to try to disgrace that person. One is the person is doing something openly. But now we go and try and dig out something. Just in order to try and bring this person down. And humiliate the person. So that the progress that person is making, that too much must get halted. What a tragedy this is. If we are aware of some person's weakness, and we are in a position to talk to the person, explain to the person nicely, that look, this is something wrong, you should stop this, 
encourage the person towards the correct thing, Alhamdulillah. We cannot do it ourselves, but we know somebody who would definitely have some influence. Then privately, quietly, we tell that person, look, this is what has come to my attention. And I know you are in a position to be able to talk to her, to tell her something. So please, if you can, in a nice way, discuss it. Then that would be also constructive. But to go and backbite about it, to go and pass the message on from here to there, so that this person now is humiliated and disgraced, then we are committing a very serious crime. And we are chopping our own feet. Because we try to stop somebody else from good, we will be robbing ourselves of the tawfiq. We'll be turning our own backs to the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. And we'll be in greater problem. So the test of the heart, this is a very severe thing. And a very delicate thing. And we should be all the time concerned that are we passing, are we progressing, or are we getting caught in the traps of nafs and shaitan in terms of the test of the heart. This malice, this greed of the world. Somebody has got something, I must have it. Now I'm planning in wait. This is greed. I don't need it. But that person has got it, I must have it. Now how, how can I also get it? This is greed. When it came, Allah Ta'ala provided it. Alhamdulillah, it's a ni'mat. We make shukar over it. But I don't have any need for it. I have something which is older. I have something which is not maybe as smart as it is. But now somebody else has it. Now my mind is working. I also need this. I also got to have it. That is greed for the world. That is hubbud dunya. Now that's a love, that's a test about our love in this world. Where is it going to? Is the greed there or not? Ibrahim wasalam, he sacrifices teaching us all these things. That where is our, te- where is our heart? What is in our heart? Are we <coughs> ready to be well wishes for everybody? And try and help each person to progress in the end. These are the tests that we are being put through all the time. So, on these occasions, the occasion of Qurbani, we are required to reflect, to think back, to ponder within ourselves, where are we going? And to develop this habit of pondering, before we say things, before we do things, before we start planning and scheming something, before we start harboring some feelings in our hearts for somebody, to keep reflecting, is this going to take me closer to Allah Ta'ala, or is it going to distance me away from Allah Ta'ala? I just jump to conclusions about what is somebody's intention in something. Somebody said something, I am already jumping to the conclusion of negative sides. Always taking the negative conclusion. Now how often this will become badgumani? And harboring ill thoughts about somebody baselessly. Now these are the tests of the heart. And just as we are in that physical test, this test of the heart is all the time with us also. We have to be reflecting that am I passing this test or not? May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq of spending these days in a way that is pleasing to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala that we get the maximum benefit from the ibadat and a'mal of these Mubarak days and together with that the night of Eid and then the ibadat of the day of Eid and also staying away from all haram, all sin and reflecting within ourselves and trying to get closer to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala by passing the test, those tests that are outside those physical tests and passing the test of the heart as well wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفلنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين 
رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين